Good morning, everybody. I said this in the first service, and I'll say it again. Mindy has worked way too hard on the announcement videos uh, lately. Um, <laughs> as she's done a great job. Um, thank you guys for being here. Uh, my name is Clayton. I'm the senior pastor here at Central. And we're just going to jump right in uh, back into our scripture that we've been working on. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. And also while you're doing that, I want you to have an opportunity to get the notes. So all around, uh, scan the QR code and you can, you can follow along with today's um, message. Now, Here's what I need to do, audience participation time first. I need to see the largest purse here in this room. Anybody? Anybody want to, to hold up their purse? Who's got the largest purse here? we got some backpacks here, maybe. Pam, you're going to put your, I saw yours. I already eyed yours. Like, it's so big, it has its own chair. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, so, okay, guys, who has the, the smallest wallet in the room? Anybody? Anybody have a small, anybody, okay. Some of y'all, I used to have this minimalist little wallet that I uh, would put in my front pocket. And man, I just lost it all the time. I mean, it's just, it was, I spent entire days just looking for that silly thing until I got something that has changed my life, which is just this really simple um, iPhone case that has my, all my, my stuff in the back, okay? If you've never experienced this, Okay, this is, you could just leave right now, just get on Amazon, go buy one. Um, I mean, this will change your life. But here's what I want to ask you to do. If you have a credit card or a debit card, I want you to take it out. Anybody? Come on, everybody's got one of these. Take it out real quick. Okay, take it out. Hey, teenagers, I know you probably have a debit card or something. Okay, hold it up high and proud. Okay, I want you to pretend that you are taking this, and I want you to, don't do this really, okay? I want you to, to pass it to the, pretend like you're passing to the person in the front of you or behind you, like a total stranger, not someone you know, um, like pretend like you're passing to, okay? It might make you a little nervous, but... Just, just imagine that you also, on the back of it, you were silly and you wrote your PIN number on the, your security code on the back, okay? Teenagers, don't do that, okay? Don't put your, your code on it, okay? How would that make you feel? A little, little nervous, right? I'm a little scared. Nothing in my bank account, so it wouldn't bother me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, like, I mean, just be like, okay, it's, uh, you might a little scary. I mean, when we have money, we... We're happy, you know, when we have the, the things we have, we're happy. But the idea of losing it or someone else spending it, it kind of makes us miserable. In fact, that's what we've been talking about a couple weeks ago. And we're going to continue today this idea that we are miserably happy people. When you think about the American life, we are happy people. We have more than most people around the world have. But we're still pretty miserable when it comes right down to it. Well, last time, a couple weeks ago, we talked about this rich young ruler who was, he was unwilling to, to give up everything and follow Jesus. And we thought about this idea, it was kind of the, the point of that week was, was this, that if you aren't trusting Jesus with your money, are you really trusting Jesus? I mean, think about that. We say we're trusting him, but when it, when it comes right down to it, if we're, really not, if we're not trusting with our money, are we really trusting him at all? And sometimes we learn from a story like this rich young ruler, and sometimes we learn directly from Jesus teaching us. And that's what we're going to look at today in Matthew chapter 6. He has more to say to us about being miserably happy people. So Matthew 6, starting in verse 19, here's what he says. He says, 
Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Instead, store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. How many of you guys have a safe at home? Anybody have a safe at home? Okay, we have three safes at our house. One of them is this box that, that uh, is like fireproof, so they say, and so we put all of our important documents and, and things in there. And then I got two more, and I'm not telling you where they are, but they're just full of guns and ammo, okay? And so if someone were to break in my house, I'm not going for the documents, all right? I'm going for, for something else. But in our lives, we store things that are valuable. We store them where we can, we can get to them, right? I mean, think about it. We put money in the bank. We have investments. Some of you have um, you put your money in property or real estate. You have a safe. Some of you might have buried stuff somewhere that, that only you know about. But with all of these locations, they have one thing in common. It's that they're accessible, right? You can actually get to them. But here's the question. What if they weren't? What if you could not get to the things that are valuable to you? And this is what Jesus says. He says something that was radical and countercultural. He says, store up your treasures where you can't get to them. He says, store up your treasures in, in heaven. You can't get to them right now. Why would he say something like that? That sounds weird. Well, he goes on in verse 21 and says this. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. That's the point of today's message. Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Now, you've probably heard that a thousand times. But what does that mean? Well, the world says something about our heart and our treasure. Here's, the world says that your treasure will follow your, your heart. It's a good illustration here that, that wherever your heart is, then that's what you'll invest in, that's what you'll, you'll put your, your money in. It kind of makes sense. But our world speaks to us with that understanding. Like it, it entices us to spend our resources and our treasure on things, whether it's the things that you see going around town or it's the things that your, your friends have or the algorithm that's on social media or on your, your, your computer screen. It'll, it'll put ads out there and go, man, I didn't know I, that I liked that or whatever. Or, man, have you ever done this where I, I've, I've been in staff meeting talking to the staff about shoes or something. And then later that day, I mean, those exact shoes are, are full of my feet. I'm like, how is that happening? Like, what is going on? I just got to get rid of all my, my te technology. It, the algorithm pushes those things to you saying, hey, you got to have it. You got to have those things. And our culture kind of helps us along to, to take our, whatever our heart is, for us to put our treasure into it. I mean, it's, it's so easy to get things today, to purchase things. In fact, you can buy things before you even have the money for it. You know what I'm saying? That's what you can do. It's so easy to actually pay today. I mean, there are, there are apps for it. I mean, that went to a, gro uh, to a garage sale the other day, and we don't, you know, who uses checks anymore? I mean, like, it was just, it, everything was Venmo. It was, it was crazy. I mean, there's no cash going on at the, the garage sale. Just, just Venmo me. I mean, it's just how it is. I was, the other day, I was with my, my, my friend, and we went to, 
uh, the, to the quick trip, and, and he's like, all right, I'm buying. And so we went in there, and um, we spent like two bucks on, on some, some fountain drinks. Like, thanks, man, appreciate that. And uh, he goes up to the, to the register, and instead of taking out his card or cash or whatever, he just used his watch and goes, boop, and just kept walking. I was like, what just happened? You know, we got to get arrested or something. He's like, no, I just paid for it on my watch. I didn't know he could do that. It's so easy today to be able to, to spend money, for money to flow to where our heart is. And yet the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that your heart is the most deceitful of all things. And so if your heart is the most deceitful of all things, why would you want to put your treasure where your, your heart is? Jesus says something different today. Here's what he says. He says, if you really want to have a, a changed life, make your heart follow your treasure. It's in reverse. Let me explain it. I think this principle is seen really well with men in this room who buy a truck. Anybody got a truck? I mean, when you buy a truck, man, you want people to, to, to see it, right? You want people to, to know about it. And you know what you'll do? You'll spend even more on that truck that you purchased. And so you're like, I got to get that lifted a little bit. I got to get those new tires on. I got to get that sound system in. I got to get the windows tinted a little bit. I got to get some LED headlights. You start investing in the things that you've already spent money on. One of the best ways to know where people's treasure is, is just go to the car wash on Saturday morning and watch people, man, they're, they're just cleaning their baby up, right? So what's happening is, is they have spent their treasure on something and their heart begins to follow that. They begin to invest in it even more. The principle is, is that where you spend money, the desires of your heart will actually begin to follow that. So here's the question, where are you spending money? Any, any spenders in this room? Any savers? Any savers? Okay, hopefully, as if you're a married couple in this room, you've got a, a spender and a saver. You need some balance. I mean, actually, the best thing is if you're just two savers, okay? My house, just not how it is, right, Holly? Like, we're just, we're just not. Um, um, if, you're, if you're two spenders, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, we're either two savers when we don't have anything, but we get some money. Man, we're like, man, let's go spend it, right? We're, we're two spenders. And your heart follows where you spend your money. This, this radical idea kind of needs some more fleshing out, and Jesus understands that about us, and so he's going to explain some more here. Look at verse 24. He says this. Let me talk about money some more. He says, you know what? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Why is Jesus always talking about money? You know, like there's a lot of things he'd be talking about. Why does he keep talking about money? I think it's because money is the number one candidate in our lives for an idol. It just is. And so Jesus says this. He says, you can't serve God and money. You can't serve both of them. But you can serve God with money. Money is is not the problem. It's our heart, right? It's our affection towards it. So how do you make your heart love storing up treasures in heaven? Okay? How do you make your heart do that? How, like, like Jesus is saying, he's saying, 
Wherever your treasure is, then your heart's going to follow. How do you make that scenario happen? And how do you take money off of the throne that you put it on so that you can serve God who is on his throne with it? Well, this next part, is gonna, he's going to explain it to us. And he's going to use the illustration of a bird and a flower. Okay? Here's what he says. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? And your body more than clothing? I mean, yeah, of course. Gives an example. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? What Jesus is saying is that there's more to life than worrying about money. That's what he's saying. Now, it sounds really simple, (laughs) but a bird and a flower doesn't have a mortgage to pay for, right? You know? They don't have health insurance that keeps going up every year. They don't have the same worries that we have, but I think there's something we can learn from both of them. I want you to notice a few things. First is this. Birds and flowers, this is what Jesus is talking about. They're examples of a focused life. A life that's not distracted by so many other things in this world. Okay, I've got, I got, a, I got two dogs. Have you ever been like just so kind of anxious and worried about something that you just look at your dog and you're like, man, what would it be like to be a dog for just a day? <laughs> you know, like all the worries in your life. Am I just, okay, I'm just weird. Okay, that's just me. But I've had those thoughts. Like what would it be like just to, to be, have a simple life like that just for a day? Because there's so many worries that we have. And they keep piling on and on. They're suffocating to us. And Jesus is saying, hey, there is something valuable to having this focused kind of life and trusting God. The second thing I think he's teaching us is this, that that if you live in your lane, like if you're focused like that, not worried about some of the other things, if you live in your lane, your list of worries will begin to fade. They won't be gone, but the things that you're worried about, if you focus on the things that are are true and correct and things that you should be focused on, all those other things that maybe once you spent your treasure on, once you worried about so much, they won't be things that you worry about as much anymore. If you focus on what's really important and you recognize how, how God has provided for you, it's the answer, I believe, to a lot of our money problems and stress and worry. And Jesus is going to go on and kind of wrap it up. Look what he says in verse 31. He says, so don't worry about these things, <laughs> okay? Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father all, already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously he will give you everything you need. I look at that and I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean that we're supposed to go, like, hey, not worry about stuff at all? Like, don't worry about your food. Don't worry about your clothing. Um, don't worry about what you're going to drink, like all the basics in life. Are we supposed to go and, and sell everything? Am I supposed to go and quit my job, 
like just retire from life? Am I supposed to just hope that God will magically just put food on the table and, and water will just spring up out of the ground and, and he'll give me a, a box of new clothes, you know, coming prime Amazon, right? They're just going to show up at my, my, my doorstep and give me this free new house. Like, is that the, is that the correct theology here? The answer is obviously no. What it's saying is that God has already, get this guys, God has already supplied your needs. He has. Maybe not your wants, okay? There's a difference. But he's supplied all your needs. How do we know that? Think about this. God has blessed you already. Think about where you live. Think about the time in history that you live the resources that you have, the family support and friend support that you have, the job and career that you have. That is not your own doing. You did not determine most of those things. And if you were a part of some of that stuff, God was working with you and opening up doors for you. He has already blessed us and supplied all of our needs. The question is, why has he done that? I think there's, there's two reasons. One is he wants everyone to have an opportunity to be saved. Why does he provide the needs of people that aren't following him? He wants them to live. So they have an opportunity. Look what the Bible says. First Timothy says, God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. That is why God blesses people and, and provides for their needs. There's also a second reason. Once we give our lives to him, it's an opportunity for us to live on mission. He's already providing our needs so we can now live for him. We can go and make disciples. And so here's the point. God is, God is working in your life. Behind the scenes, and he's, he's providing for you. Why? So you can live for him. But here's a little dose of reality for this morning. You can't live on mission until you live with margin. That's what this text is talking about. You can't live on mission like we've been talking about when you're so stressed out about money. You can't live on, on mission for God when you're just one mistake away from it all falling apart. When you have no margin in your life. Here's, here's a great example. I want you to, to watch this video. I want you to imagine driving on this road. Can you imagine that? How many guys have got the stomach thing going on right now, you know? I mean, ooh, thinking about, especially if my, my daughter was driving, right? I mean, I'd be, I'd be really scared. I'm sorry, Hannah. I just saw you. Let's make sure you're paying attention. Um, so, I mean, if you're driving down this road, there is no margin, right? And yet that's how a lot of us live life. We are one water heater breaking away from it all falling apart, you know? We have spent everything that has come in. There's no margin in our lives. And that's what it's like right here. here here's another example of a life on the opposite of that. This is margin. Driving down a highway like this, you've got, there's no other cars. You've got a lot of shoulder on both sides. I mean, are you that worried at this moment? No, you're, 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 not, you're not worried about the things that you're worried about when you're on that mountain pass, Right? And the truth is, is that 
we want to, if we're followers of Jesus, we want to be on mission, but a lot of times we can't. Be a little more practical. I know there's some of us in this room that want to be generous and to give. We just can't. I just can't right now. I can't do it. There's no margin in my life. And I think there's, there's two reasons. The reason is either because you've decided to spend uh, your life on your treasure, okay? You've, you've become devoted. Your heart was so inclined to the things of this earth that you've spent all your treasure on it already, okay? It's, it's like what hoarders do, you know? Holly and I were watching Hoarders uh, last night, and I just, I like it because it, it makes me feel good about myself. And, um, and, <laughs> And you watch this show, and it's sad because these people, they just collect so much stuff. But, and before long, their whole life is about protecting those things. And they can't think about the, the idea of getting rid of those things, even if they're just junk, because they find value in life in those things. And it's crazy, and we kind of laugh at them. But we do that all the time. We spend our lives, we spend our careers so we can make money, so we can buy stuff. At the end of the day, there's no margin. And so we're either doing that, or for a lot of us, I'd say that this, that we're just, we're just foolish. We're being fools. Proverbs 14, 16 says this. It says that the wise are cautious. They avoid danger, okay? But fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. Has that ever described your spending habits? <laughs> I mean, I say that because I'm in that camp, okay? There has been some, some purchases that I've made in this life that I justified. We love, we can justify anything, you know what I'm saying? We can just, oh, I need that. I got to have that. We can, we can afford that. I mean, who needs food next month, right? I mean, we, 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 can, we can do this, you know? And so you make decisions and you justify those things. And the Bible says you're a fool. You're a fool, Okay? What's happened is, in my life, some of my decisions have left me with no margin and no ability to live on mission. Now, you may have never driven on a road like that, that cliff was, right? But we've driven on some pretty sketchy roads. I mean, we live in Oklahoma, don't we? You know? I mean, you got those, those two-lane roads that they're really narrow. There's no shoulder. It's just, just a drop-off. I mean, it's pretty much all the roads around here. I mean, it's kind of crazy. There's a road right out in front of, front of the church. Have you ever been driven down one of those roads, and there's that 18-wheeler that's kind of riding your tail, and then they decide to, to try to pass you on oncoming traffic? I mean, are you just kind of like chilling at that moment? You know, I mean, you are white-knuckling it. You're telling the kids to shut up in the back. I mean, but, you know, be, be still, right? And you are, you're watching this. You're looking ahead. That truck is two feet next to you. I mean, you're just one jerk away, or they're just one jerk away from it all ending, you know? Total disaster. That's what it's like to, like to live with no margin financially. You spin it all already. And Jesus says something. Look back at verse 32. He says, he says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Here's what I think Jesus is saying. He's saying, this is not how believers ought to live. We're supposed to live differently. Instead, we should be like we're driving down that wide road. I mean, you guys know 
It's like that, does it remind you of that turnpike, the turnpike between here and Oklahoma City, right outside of Tulsa, after you get through all the, the construction and everything, all of a sudden just, it just widens up, open, you know? You get the huge lanes, there's almost never any traffic, it's got street lights, it's got the bear in the middle, I mean, no one's going to hit you. Are you really that worried at that moment? No, I mean, you relax, I mean, you got your phone out, I mean, you're watching Netflix going down the road, right? You're just, you're, you're not worried about those things anymore because there's margin. If you stray just a little bit, you're going to be okay, right? You're going to be okay. So what can you do? If you say, you know what, I don't have any margin, I want to have some margin. Well, it depends on, on your issue. You see, if money is, is an issue, if money worries you, you either have a, an inflow problem or you have an outflow problem, don't you? Right? I mean, let's just be really basic today, right? You either have an income problem or you have a, have a spending problem. If you have an income problem, if you have an inflow problem, here's my advice to you. Determine with your family to say, you know what? We're going to continue to live at the level we're at right now. You know, we're not going to go and spend anymore, and we're going to go, and we're going to increase our income. It's okay to go do that. In fact, I think that can be a very godly thing. But the problem is, most of us, if we get a raise, by the time we walk out of that room, we've already spent that money, haven't we? You know? We've already spent it in our head, in our heart. Instead, one of the, the best Life lessons I can give to myself and to you is that if you do increase your income, determine to live with where you're at right now. All of a sudden, you know what you've done in your life? You've built margin. you built some margin. So you can do some incredible things. You can live on mission like never before. But some of us have an outflow problem, amen? I mean, we, it's just who we are. We have, we, have a, we have a spending problem. And one of the best things you can do, very simple again, develop a spending plan that creates some financial margin for you. Because without a plan, <laughs> this is, this, actually, this is how we typically live, okay, without a plan. Okay, let me, let me show you here. Without a plan, here's what we do. We just, we live on it all, okay? And then at the end of the month, or the end of the paycheck, we're like, hey, I, you know, I, I do need to probably save some. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna save a little bit. And then after that, it's like, you know, I, I'm a Christian. I should probably give some money too. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give kind of what, what's left and, and usually, it's, it's not much left. And the reality is that's how a lot of us live. But God has something different for us. He wants us to be wise. He wants us to take our, our treasures, determine, decide to spend it a certain way first, and watch our heart follow it. In fact, here's what a plan looks like. We say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give first. I'm going to save first. Not all, not everything. I'm just going to give a little bit, okay? I still got bills, right? I understand that. I get my gifts some. I'm going to save some, and then I'm going to live on the rest. That is a, a godly plan for us to begin to live on mission. So here, here's, let me get even more practical today. Here's an easy, simple step for you to do this. And I don't know if this might be helpful to you. How can you start doing this? Here's what you can do. You can automate the important. Automate the important. Make it automatic in your life. We already do this with like our mortgage, our car payments, with our bills, all those things in our lives. We know that, that that's due on the first of the month. I mean, most of us, we automate those things. So, so why don't we do that with our giving? And why don't we do that with our spending and our saving? Why, why do we not do that? I, I know people in this room, 
I mean, I've heard, I've talked to people in this room, our, our church, are like kind of upset a little bit about not passing the plate like we, we used to. And I, and I get that. I mean, there's, there's a season for that. And that's not something we do right now. We have ways people to give, you know, here on campus. But, you know, half our people give, um, give online. And some people would say, you know what, man, we're just missing that, that worship moment, that, that, that obedience moment here in the service. And I get that. But my question to you is, is this, is that the only time we can do that? Is that the only time we can be financially obedient to God? Can I not be obedient to God by automating at the beginning of the year, beginning of, of the month, and say, you know what, before I make any other decision, I'm going to go on my phone here, I'm going to go on the church app, and I'm going to just decide Recurring, I'm doing this every month. I'm making that decision. I'm making that worship decision, sitting on the couch. I'm going to do that right there as an act of obedience. And here's what I think is so valuable about that. When I, when I automate things, here's what I'm doing. I'm protecting myself from myself, okay? I'm, I'm protecting myself from forgetting. I'm protecting myself for, from when I, I, um, I'm gone and I, and, I, and I forget to do what I said I'm going to do. What I'm doing is I'm making a worship decision at the beginning and saying, you know what, I'm going to give. No matter what happens the rest of this year, I'm giving. And I'm going to trust God that he's going to provide for my needs. I think it's the, it's the modern day and smart way for us to leverage technology. Well, why would we not do that? To leverage technology for the glory of God. That's a great way to do that. If, if, you're, if you have a... Giving, it's hard for you to give, it's hard for you to, to save. Man, just automate those things. And watch God bless you. So this week, here's a maybe even more practical way to do some things. I don't know if this is for you, but maybe as a family, you need to maybe review your spending habits this week. Maybe for you personally, you could just review your spending habits and say, you know, am I, am I, do I have some margin in my life? Or does everything, <laughs> is everything already spent before it even comes in? And maybe just set aside some money and automate it to be able to save. There's so much wisdom in that. And automate to be able to, to give a little bit, even if it's just tiny, like 10 bucks. You know what you're doing? It's an exercise in putting your treasure on the table. And as you continue to do that, Jesus says your heart's going to follow that. Your heart's going to follow that. Now let me, let me end with this. Can I get a little, give you a little bit of advice, a little, little secret to close. In order to give like that, in order to save like that, in order to be wise with our spending, in order to have margin, you know what you have to have? It requires contentment. I think that's one of the hardest things that we, we're not content. We want more. And God knows that. And so he has a word for us. Let me, let me close with this. Here's what he says in 1 Timothy 6. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Okay? After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. Amen? So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. Let us be content. I think the reality is, is a lot of us don't have that contentment. And ultimately don't have that contentment in him. We want 
to find joy and happiness in more than just him. And when you find that contentment, what's happening is you're making that decision to put your treasure where it needs to be. And God says, watch your heart begin to, to follow that. Are you content? Is he your God? Or is something else? Does he have your treasure? I'm telling you what, when he has your treasure, he'll have your heart. In fact, I'd like to pray for you guys. Here's the way I'd like to do it. I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Why don't you stand as we close? And, you know, you might say, you know, Clayton, I, I, I get this whole Jesus thing and, and, uh, and being wise with, with my money. I, I get that. But I don't, even have a, I don't even know who Jesus is. I don't even have a relationship with him. I can't even think about giving to him. You know what? Sometimes this is, is for believers in this room. But there's a message for you as well. And maybe you're watching online right now. And the message is this, that Jesus, he gave to you first. He died for you. He came down on this earth and lived a perfect life and died in your place so that you can have life. And all you have to do is put your faith in that and trust him. I want to give you an opportunity to, to do that. And what's great is, is your life's purpose changes and all of a sudden it's not about you anymore. It's not about living for your treasure, but instead you get to live on mission and have a purpose in your life. And that's beautiful and awesome. For the rest of us, I pray that God would speak to you this week about your finances because he speaks to me. It's important. We can't ignore it. We gotta talk about it. So you bow your heads. I'd like to pray for you. Father, you loved us first. So we're grateful. You gave to us first. So we're thankful. I pray, Lord, for anyone in this room watching, listening, who is far from you. I pray, God, that you would pursue them You would show them that you are worth it. That they are loved. And ultimately you did that, Jesus, by dying on the cross. And three days later, rising from the grave to show your power. I pray, God, they put, your, put their faith in you today. And you would save them, God, from their sins. They'd be able to spend eternity with you. They'd be able to store up treasures in heaven like you said. God, I pray for the, us in this room who we are believers, and yet we struggle financially. It's, it's tough. We're miserably happy people. I pray for every family, every single person, every retired person, every teenager, Help us, God, to make some decisions this week, to, to put our treasure on the table and determine where we're going to spend our money, the things we're going to invest in, the things we need to say yes to, the things we need to say no to. And God, I pray that you would bring our hearts towards those things 
so that, God, we can have some margin in our lives and we can live on mission. God, you're worth it. Help us this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We are super glad that you decided to join us today. And if you watch us every week, we're so glad that you join us. And if you're watching right now for the very first time, um, we wanna just say, welcome to the family. We're so glad that you're here. Um, if you're someone who during the message, you thought, you know what? I want to know more about Christ. I wanna give my life to Jesus. And I, I want to know what it means to be forgiven. Uh, we want to connect with you. So if you could text forgiven to 94,000, and that way, one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin that conversation of knowing how God can change your life. Um, here at Central, we truly do believe that Jesus changes everything. See you guys later.